0: This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Why do people get trapped in abusive relationships, sometimes for years or decades? And what can they do to escape? A domestic violence survivor shares her harrowing story.
1: You're afraid that you're not going to succeed, that you're not going to have the support system that you need. And then you're ashamed because you stayed in the relationship for such a long time.
0: Then... A research study shows the average teenager on social media may get exposed to some risky content, but parents may not be aware of it at all.
1: A lot of the content wasn't something that they were seeking out. It was actually
2: things that they were exposed to, mostly through social media from other people posting it to their news feeds.
0: Those two stories and more are ahead on this week's show. Don't go away. InfoTrack gets underway right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Why do victims remain in violent relationships, sometimes for years or decades? And how can they escape? InfoTrack's Lisa G. speaks with an abuse survivor to bring you the story. Lisa?
2: Thanks, Chris. We are speaking with Gwendolyn Wilder, who is the author of It's Okay to Tell My Story, Surviving Common Law Domestic Violence. You consider yourself an advocate for abuse victims, and you like to advise women who are looking to escape abuse. Can you tell us a little bit about your own story? For a course of
1: eight years, I was dealing with domestic violence, but it really snuck up on me, Lisa, because... You know, I consider myself to be a pretty smart woman. I've got several degrees and, you know, different certifications, but domestic violence is really sneaky. And it started out with this thing that was called gaslighting. Gaslighting is a form of emotional abuse. And basically, it's when the abuser or the perpetrator they make you think you're going crazy. And they make you second guess yourself and your sanity and your basic instincts about things. And so there would be times where he would tell me that I wasn't beautiful, or he would say that, you know, I didn't give him this amount of money, and I needed to give him more money, which was a form of financial abuse. And then it started escalating to the physical attacks as well. The last physical attack happened eight years later where he was trying to choke me. And I just didn't think that I was going to come out of that situation. And it was only for the grace of God that he stopped what he was doing. And I was able to escape and get out of that situation. And so I prayed to God if he could just give me the strength to get me and my son out of that situation that I would not go back and I would try to do better and I would try to help and educate other people. And so that's what I'm trying to do. Wow.
2: I am so sorry you had to go through that. But you wrote a really great book, and like you said, you're going to help other women. It sounds like you've changed, but up until now, you were a different person. But why do women stay? It's fear. It
1: truly is fear. And you're afraid that you're not going to succeed, that you're not going to have the support system that you need. You're not going to have the money. And then you're ashamed. You're ashamed because you stayed in the relationship for such a long time and that you were tricked. And people just feel or victims generally feel that they are not going to be believed whenever they finally trust someone enough to tell the story that they're not going to believe them, and then they're not going to receive help. And because there's such amazing domestic violence programs and shelter programs out there, and I'll give you a piece of my story. When I finally got the courage to tell someone about what was happening, they said, okay, great. Here's the shelter. You, your son, and your dog can go to the shelter, which is designed for just this situation, but your perpetrator, he can stay in the house that you're paying for. And I felt betrayed. I felt like, why do I have to give up everything? And he continues to stay there. It just didn't make any sense to me. So I was feeling kind of re-victimized, like all over again. And then I had situations where my friends would ask me, okay, so what did you do? What did you do to make him hit you or twist your arm or push you or, you know, choke you and all these different things? And I'm going, all I did was wake up. That was it. And so that's why people don't generally come out. And it usually takes someone about seven or so times before they actually finally get the courage to leave and stay gone. But when they do get the courage to come to you, I want you to be emotionally ready to help that person. It's one thing if you're not sure what domestic violence is, but if you are not in a good mind frame to assist that person, don't even try to help them because you're going to make that situation worse. Just refer them to the police
2: department or a shelter so that way they can get the assistance that they need. We are speaking with Gwendolyn Wilder, who is the author of It's Okay to Tell My Story, Surviving Common Law Domestic Violence. She was a victim of domestic abuse, and she was one of the lucky ones who got away, got help, and now has written this book to try and help other women. My first reaction was when you told that story is, you need some new friends, right? <laughs> yeah, you know what? And guess what? I
1: did. You know, I would receive questions from my friends that, well, and again, it's not all of them. It was only a few, but they would say things to the effect of, well, why didn't you say anything initially? You never said anything. You always look so happy. And you always look like you're the perfect couple. And I said, because I was praying and hoping that he would change. And that's a disillusion, okay? Sometimes they're just evil people. And I'm not saying that all perpetrators are that way. I think that sometimes there are situations where people can change their behaviors and they can rehabilitate to become a really awesome citizen and a contributor to the workforce. But... For the most part, mm -mm, no, they're just really evil people. And they try to manipulate you and control. That's the thing I remind people. It's all about power and control. And they manipulate you with the experience of taking you through that trauma and then trying to make up for it. Like in my case, with flowers or cooking a meal or cleaning a house or whatever the case may be. But that cycle always
2: turns around and it keeps going. I can only imagine how fearful it must be to want to leave and feel so helpless like oh my god I am so scared what do I do I have nowhere to go I have no friends and so what kind of advice could you give our listeners to have them start the process of leaving
1: one of the main things that I tell them is learn from my experience when I was in that point I told my abuser that that was it I had enough I'm gone I'm leaving initially I was like you need to get out of here because I can't deal with this anymore And that was not the best thing to do. So that's my number one advice. And remember, a victim will only leave when he or she is ready to leave, even though our family and friends, you know, they want you to leave like yesterday. It's only going to happen when they are ready and when they realize they had enough. But when you hit that moment and you realize this is your time and you're ready to go, just go. Don't give any kind of notice to your abusers. Just go leave your clothes. If you have time, the person's not there and you can grab important documents such as insurance papers, passports, medical records, deeds to the house, anything like that. If you have time, grab it, take it with you. But if the person is there, just go. Don't say anything. Just leave and go to a safe
2: place. That's the most important thing. Just so you can go and tell your story and get help. I could only imagine putting myself in your shoes. It takes so much courage and strength. I give you so much credit. Thank you. Even though I
1: sound all together today, one thing that I constantly tell people is it's still a daily journey. You know, there's a misconception that you go through recovery, you go to therapy, and and then that's it. You're healed and you can move on with life. It's not that simple everyone has a different journey. I've met people that they went through a six-year period. My period was three years of healing and recovery, but it's still a daily struggle. You still have triggers that you hear a specific sound, you smell something, or someone says something, and then it reminds you of the particular assault, or it reminds you of the abuser themselves. So yes, you're moving on, and you're doing fabulous, but there's still these things that happen throughout your life. And so, So I think the most important part is just to remember that you made it out. And if you're still in it, you can get out. You don't have to. You deserve so much better. And your self-worth is so much more than what you're receiving right now. So you don't have to stay in that situation. And all you have to do is just speak up, tell your story to an advocate that can help you, whether it's the sheriff's department, the police department, family violence prevention services, just tell someone that's going to be able to assist you. That's the key is just knowing who to go to. Unfortunately, our system, because I believe domestic violence is a community issue. Our system is not designed sometimes to have those people readily available. And that's why I want family members to know what their responsibilities are, especially regarding what to say and what not to say. And then for workplaces, making sure that there's someone there that they can go to to get assistance in case it turns into a stalking situation at work, because domestic
2: violence is going to impact the workplace. Well, Gwendolyn Wilder, author of It's Okay to Tell My Story, Surviving Common Law Domestic Violence, thank you so much for sharing your story, and I hope you find all the love that you deserve down the road. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. For InfoTrack, I'm Lisa G.
0: Next, parents may be shocked by what their teens are seeing online. That story, coming up. Don't go away. InfoTrack will be back right after this.